Section 4 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 8, April 1897. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Geographic Literature Glaciers of North America A Reading Lesson for Students of Geography and Geology by Israel C. Russell, Professor of Geology in the University of Michigan. Pages Roman numeral 10 plus 210 with maps and illustrations. Boston, Gin and Company, 1897, $1.90. Professor Russell's prefatory to the reader is a stalwart message. Strange as it may appear, he says, in the face of the overshadowing popular interest that centers in the glaciers of the Alps, North America offers more favorable conditions for the study of existing glaciers and of the records of ancient ice sheets than any other continent. For in North America, the three great types of glacier, Alpine, Piedmont, and Continental, are magnificently exemplified, while the glaciers of other continents, save little-known Antarctica, are limited to the poor little Alpine type. The type specimen of the Piedmont Glacier is the Malaspina Ice Sheet of Alaska, while the type for the vast continental glaciers of the Ice Age is found in Greenland. The magnificence of the field for glacial study in North America has only been appreciated within recent years and is still unrecognized outside of a limited circle of special students, but the recognition must extend under this forcible presentation. A student of the European Alps and the Southern Alps of New Zealand, both famed for glaciers, the explorer of several glaciers of the High Sierra, the discoverer of Malaspina Glacier, and the sole student of the ice fields high on the slopes of Mount St. Elias, an experienced investigator of the glacial deposits and glacial history of United States from Atlantic to Pacific. Professor Russell is well qualified to prepare a reading lesson on glaciers, and his experience crops out between the lines on every page. Perhaps half of his admirable pictures are from photographs of his own making, and although the pronoun in the first person seldom appears, a third or a half of the descriptive paragraphs, and these make up most of the book, represent personal work. Thus the chapters have an attractive air of freshness and realness. This strong personal element, which gives the treatise its greatest value, has apparently affected the arrangement of contents, giving the work the form of a narrative rather than the symmetry of a monograph. The first chapter is an introduction, in which definitions and general features are set forth. After enumerating the leading characteristics of glaciers, the author proceeds thus to answer the question, What is a glacier? As a provisional definition, it may be said that a glacier is an ice body originating from the consolidation of snow in regions where secular accumulation exceeds melting and evaporation, i.e. above the snow line, and flowing to regions where waste exceeds supply, i.e. below the snow line. Page 16. He then describes glacial abrasion, smoothed and striated surfaces, not produced by glaciers, special features of glaciated surfaces, 
glacial deposits, glacial sediments, and changes in topography produced by glaciers, all with less repetition in treatment than in titles. The second chapter relates to the general distribution of the glaciers of North America, and then follow five chapters devoted respectively to the glaciers of the Sierra Nevada, the glaciers of Northern California, and the Cascade Mountains, the glaciers of Canada, the glaciers of Alaska, and the glaciers in the Greenland region, these chapters containing more than half the volume and most of the value of the book. There is a chapter on the climatic changes indicated by the glaciers of the Ice Age and another on the movement of glaciers, while the tenth and last chapter is a suggestive and attractive discussion of the life history of a glacier, in which the extended observations and reflections of the author are summarized. The strong points of the work are its vividness and trustworthiness. The arrangement might have been improved. A few trifling errors in the orthography of names might have been corrected, and the general scientific discussion might have been strengthened. But teachers and others are to be congratulated on having at last, and for the first, a thoroughly reliable, popular account of the glaciers of North America. W. J. M. A Treatise on Rocks, Rock Weathering, and Soils by George P. Merrill, Curator of Geology in the National Museum, etc. Pages Roman numeral 20 plus 411, with numerous illustrations. New York, The Macmillan Company, 1897, $4 net. During the present generation, a score of students in this and other countries have turned attention to the soil, and, while it may be questioned whether they have yet succeeded in organizing a science of the soil, it may be affirmed that they have made substantial contributions towards such a science. Hitherto, most of the publications pertaining to the subject have been technical, or at least special, and confined to official documents. But now comes Professor Merrill, already favorably known through professorial work and general writing, with a popular work on soils adapted to both class work and general reading. His apology for the publication. It is believed that no apology is necessary, even in this day of many books, for bringing out the present work, emphasizes the importance of the subject. Human life in the ancillary animal and vegetal life of the land depends on the soil. The fullness of the earth is its wealth in soil, and the worthiest science, albeit in very infancy yet, is that pertaining to this richest of all natural resources. Every student, every teacher, every citizen, every statesman ought to welcome such a contribution to human progress as this useful treatise. The work is arranged in five parts, each divided into several chapterlets. In the first part, rocks are discussed as to their constituents, their physical and chemical properties, and their modes of occurrence. And in the second, they are classified as one igneous, two aqueous, three aeolian, and four metamorphic. Thus, this part of the work deals with rock-making and sets forth the laws involved in the development of the fundamental constituents of the external earth. The next two parts are devoted, respectively, to the weathering of rocks and to the transportation and redisposition of rock debris, and in them the unmaking and remaking of rocks 
are admirably though briefly expounded part five in which the originality of the work is concentrated is entitled the regolith under this new term derived from greek words for blanket and stone the unconsolidated material mantling the hard rocks is discussed in detail the warrant for introducing a new word for the soils subsoils and other superficial materials of the earth arises in daily need several terms have already been employed soil earth etc in general drift diluvium alluvium etc for transported material and residua terra rosa grus geest saprodite etc for the products of rock decay among laymen and scholars but none has thus far proved satisfactory merrill's suggestion is better than any that has gone before but it remains to be seen whether his term will survive or fall into the ever-yawning grave of desuetude the author proceeds to classify the regolith as one sedentary and two transported the former is subclassed as a residual deposits and b cumulose deposits while the latter is divided into a colluvial deposits b alluvial deposits c aeolian deposits and d glacial deposits in addition the soil proper is described as a product rather than a deposit with respect to chemical composition mineral constitution and physical condition as well as with respect to weight color and age the great complexity of the soil is adequately recognized and the multifarious interactions between the chemical physical and vital by which the soil is produced and modified are set forth appreciatively in treatment as in subject professor merrill's work is notable it is strictly up to date embracing the results of the latest researches and duly recognizing the work of contemporary investigators also it is made admirable mechanically by clear topography good paper excellent illustrations many of them photo-mechanical reproductions and a full index w j m end of section four